This podcast brought to you by ACEST, the American Society of Information Science and Technology, the Society for Information Professionals, by the IA Summit, the premier gathering place for information architects and other user experience professionals, by the IA Institute, the global community of practice for IAs the world over. Join the conversation and become a member at iainstitute.org. By Vitamin Talent, you get UX, we get you jobs. Visit vitamintalent.com. By Morgan Kaufman, through superior print and digital content, our authors aim to educate our readers and inspire innovation. And by Boxes and Arrows. Visit boxesandarrows.com slash about slash participate to be a part of your peer-written journal. In this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down in New Orleans at the 2012 Information Architecture Summit with Christina Woodkey, the founder of boxesandarrows.com. Christina shares a bit of the history and future of the web magazine that has supported both the people and ideas that have played a key role in the continuing growth and evolution of the IA discipline. I hope everyone enjoys the podcast. Cheers. A lot of webzines have actually built off of that, right, from that. A lot of magazines have built off the, the, the basis or the concept that Box and Arrows was founded on. Yeah. And, and it's evolved from that point. We were first. And that's something I hadn't thought about, but Richard Dalton pointed that out to me, was that um, I was like, wow, everybody's doing this now. And he's like, that because you did it. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Okay. I feel less bad. <laughs> yeah. But it really started sort of, uh, I think it started the foundation of people recognizing, right, we can actually share ideas globally now. We can really get the conversation moving. And it was nice because it, it seemed like a less, a less structured I mean, that's wrong because it's box and arrows, but it seemed less, I guess, less, less academic. It had academic components to it in the articles. I mean, I started reading it when I first started getting mm-hmm. in the industry, and, uh, you know, it was, it was an invaluable resource, and every time articles came out, I was, I was excited for them. And I, was, I got a lot of feedback from people when articles stopped being published mm-hmm. on box and arrows, saying, well, what's going on? Are they coming back? And I kept saying, well, I'm, I'm not sure. I'll get in touch with Christina. I'll talk to Chris Baum, the editor-in-chief, and we'll... We'll see. We'll see what's happening. Yeah. Right? Well, that's a that's a that's a definitely a harder conversation because sometimes you your life just can't let you do certain things, and of you have to step away. And yeah. sometimes it's hard to do that. It's hard to step away. It's hard to say it's time to hand this over to somebody else, which is something that you know I think it's time for. I really want to find a new generation right now. I'm really seeking out, and I've been talking to Chris about this and Jorge. Is that the fact is that when we did it, we were in our twenties, and we. Didn't really have families. Maybe we had boyfriends or girlfriends or maybe even a new husband or wife, but it wasn't the same. And our careers were different. We were practitioners. You know, we weren't running huge uh, organizations. And the fact is that when you rise up into a certain level in the organization, uh, the hours in your day also rise up and you end up spending a ton of time on things. And then suddenly that little bit of extra time you had disappears. And you're making a choice about, like, am I going to see my friend who's ready to cut me off or am I going to work on an article? And you kind of want to see your friends. And But the fact is that there are tons of amazing young people. When I went to IXD, I met so many people, like um, Eric Bell and Jake Cosby, who just got me really excited going, oh, my God, there's people out there who are, like, wrestling with these same questions and new questions, and they're doing innovative new things, and they have the energy, and they want a resource. And that's what drove us to Box of the Narrows, is we wanted a resource, so we made it, you know? Yeah. And to your point about all the things you've been doing, you've worked at, uh, you'll, you'll forgive me, LinkedIn recently, and uh, 
other places you've worked in at. Maybe talk a little bit about where you, Boxes Narrow has launched a lot of opportunities for you as well. Right? Oh, it's launched opportunities for everybody. Yeah, I mean, exactly. There's no question about that. I mean, I don't, I can't even tell you how many people, how many authors have said, I got a job, I got a cold call because of an article I wrote, or I got my position at my company because of an article I wrote at Boxes and Arrows. Boxes and Arrows has been connecting people in ways that I never imagined for a long time. Um, I've done a lot of things. Box and Arrows was, it's funny because, um, you know, I founded the AI, I wrote a book, but the one thing that I can say at any conference to say, I know your name somewhere. I'm like, oh, Box and Arrows. Like, oh yes, that's it. It's always Boxes and Arrows. Boxes and Arrows is the one thing that touched people's lives more than anything else that I've done, I think. Um, but yeah, I went on, I, I went into product at LinkedIn and I went on to become a GM at MySpace and then a GM at Zynga. And I've been in the business world for a while. Um, and uh, and Boxes and Arrows is something that is like a pre-introduction. You know, people already know me before I show up because of Boxes and Arrows. Much more than anything else I've done, no question about it. Yeah. Well, I know I, I, you and Chris a huge debt of gratitude for, for just having this opportunity to share conversations with other people because, mm -hmm. um, I, as you were talking about, many people accredited you for that opportunity and very much I am, I am indebted to you and Chris as well for that because mm -hmm. it's through that opportunity just for just for sharing conversations and hitting a record button once in a while that have allowed me to, well, really, I mean, I tell mm -hmm. people all the time, like, I, I'm really bad at taking compliments. I really, I don't like it because my attitude is who the hell am I, quite frankly, mm -hmm. compared to all the all the incredibly brilliant and creative people out there that I've got to interview and meet. Um, but the opportunities that I've had, I mean, Box Narrow started, then Adaptive Path brought me in to do some work mm -hmm. with them, and I'm going back to UX week again this year. The Brandon Showers asked me to come back, and... It's just, uh, and just, just knowing that I'm helping is mm. a huge, just, it just makes me feel fantastic knowing that the, the tiny little thing that I do in terms of these conversations mm. helps other designers and other people. So it's, it's a great feeling. You can't, you can't buy yeah. it for any dollar amount, in well, my opinion. So, I think the real you. power of Box and Arrows isn't that it's me. I'm just the one who lasted the longest. I'm the only continuous <laughs> thread across the 10 years. But, I mean, you should, uh, I've been thinking a lot and going back into my records going, okay, so how did we do this thing? You know, cause I, I, my memories are not always as accurate as I wish they were. And I always remember that, that sunny afternoon at Carbon IQ and David Bloxham and I were sitting there going, you know, everything we read is the same, right? Everything was either a academic journal, like ACES Journal of Information, which meant that, you know, you had to pluck out your eyes halfway through reading it because <laughs> there was so much technical information or, um, Here's how you close a tag in HTML. Really basic, basic stuff that was very technically focused and very little on design. Um, in fact, before Box and Arrows launched, I think I wrote something like how to make site maps for SitePoint. You know, there just wasn't that much out there, and that was a radical thing. And so what we really wanted was um, intermediates. And the thing that got gave birth to Box and Arrows was actually a chart in Alan Cooper's Inmates Are Running the Asylum. And it's this little chart that shows uh, who our users are, which is very few beginners, very few experts, and tons of intermediates, and who we design for, experts and beginners. Right. And I went, okay, wait a second, there might be a market opportunity here, you know, the intermediates. And uh, the other thing that was happening at the time was there was very little information sharing. Uh, the conferences were just barely beginning. Everybody was like, oh, this is proprietary information. We work for a consultancy. Uh, what if our clients get mad at us? So it was like pulling teeth to get anybody to explain how they were figuring things out and we were really inventing our entire practice at this time right. so it just became really important to us to find a way to convince people to share the stuff they were figuring out to each other so that we could start standing on the shoulders of giants 
And so uh, we put together a little team, mm -hmm. which I believe are all listed in the comments. Um, Aaron and uh, George Olson and a ton of folks. Gabe Zental do, did our original design. You know, of course, my poor Carbon IQ partners got sucked in. <laughs> and we just worked really hard, talked people into writing articles for us. Um, and we wanted to launch with a body of articles because we, we thought if we only launched with one article, like people were like, yeah, whatever. We need to like have a splash and pay attention to us. And it just took off from there. And uh, it's, I mean, Erin likes to tease me all the time because she says, um, Christina, do you remember when you said, I'll be happy if this lasts six months, at least there'll be some knowledge in the, in the world. And of course, 10 years, dang, I didn't really guess that. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, you know, in terms of people contributing too, the, the one thing I really like about it is you've, over the 10 years, you've managed to get in a, an incredible range of experiences from all over the world too. I mean, this isn't, I mean, you know, you're, you're based in the United States of America, but I mean, the, the articles are written by, by people from various cultures and experiences and it's, uh, it really is a, is a wealth. I mean, we still, I still see people referencing Austin Gavella, uh, one of the founders, mm -hmm. I believe as well, or one of the, uh, was he one of the founders or he came on later? I think he was second generation. Okay. But right. he was, he's been a core for us. Like he's yeah. been a workhorse. He's stuck through um, and done amazing work. Yeah. And I, I remember even recently, I remember I see, you know, Austin tweeting about, you know, articles from 2005, you know, that are still, that are still relevant today in terms of the foundational ideas that with, within it, whether it's a corporate culture issue mm -hmm. or, you know, being able to get the buy-in that, I mean, of the mentor, people I've mentored over the years, everyone's mm -hmm. still looking for how do we get that buy-in in companies and get that understanding across. But again, I think that's one of the, one of the, uh, the great assets of, of webzines, especially Box Narrows, is that ability to communicate technical ideas, complex mm -hmm. ideas in a way that anyone can really read and sort of go, Okay, I, I get it. Not not really be the expert in it, but understand it enough to be able to have a dialogue with other people in the industry to under, try to, you know, tweeze out what are the merits of a particular approach or, or end result. So. Well, when we, we sat down to found it, one of our goals, we said, who do we want to model after? And it was Harvard Business Review. Um, we wanted to write really excellent articles that were not always topical necessarily, but but timeless, not the first article, but the final article. And one, and we were intense about editing and copy editing. We refused to ever call ourselves a blog. It was always a magazine. It was about holding ourselves to a certain level of standard, which is incredible when you think that nobody's ever made paid, has never been paid. I always joke that Box and Arrows isn't a nonprofit. It's a not making any profit because... Uh, <laughs> Because it's true. Because <laughs> it's true, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If I was a nonprofit, I'd have to have boards and board meetings and everything. Yeah. So I just threw together an LLC with my own money. I funded it the first five years. Finally, we got it to pay for itself, God bless. And it just kind of rolls along nicely that way. Um, but uh, it's always been about the community having a certain sense of pride in themselves and the work that they do and wanting to express it out to each other. And that's resulted in some really evergreen articles, which is marvelous. And if you look at the SEO, I mean, like you said, 2005, 2003, those articles are the uh, Below the Fold article, Luke's wonderful one on um, making color palettes from nature. Uh, of course, Aaron's uh, How Do You Make a Five-Year Plan for Your Career. Where else are you gonna read about how to d design a, a design career? That's information is important and valuable, and these are the things that people want to talk to us about. And so we give them a place to talk about it and often help them write it. The reason so many foreign authors write for us is because we've gone to some fairly ridiculous lengths. Like we've had people who are not very fluent in English and write really poor articles, and we find them co-authors sometimes so that they can have someone who also wants to write about it and put their ideas together. Um, 
it's important to get as many voices in the world as possible. And that's another deep commitment that we've had. We don't want 15 articles from the same guy, you know, yeah. almost the 15 part series. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, exactly. And that's, and that's a great point, especially today, right? Because we're not along, you're not designing it. You know, it's uh, at uh, the Interaction Design Conference in uh, 2010, I was, I was leading a roundtable discussion with Indy Young, Eric Reese, uh, Steve Batty, Daniel Zook, and uh, Chris Voray. And, you know, Daniel Zook brought up this idea of, you know, how important culture is becoming, you know, in terms of understanding those, those cultural differences. I mean, because you're not, you're not designing for the person in the city or the country or the state or the province or whatever. You are designing for a global audience now, and those values and whatnot are, are so important to understand. And, uh, you know, it's like Richard Seymour said a while ago, if we're at an age where we can do anything, we need to shift the conversation from what we could be doing to what we should be doing. And I think understanding those cultural values and, and, and respecting those, under, understanding those things are, mm-hmm. are really critical to design today in terms of moving forward. And I think that's another aspect that, that webzines like Boxes and Arrows, for example, mm-hmm. bring to the table. It brings together that understanding of, oh, they approach it differently. Oh, their values are different than mine. Oh, if I want to design for them or, or respect those values and get that engagement, then I need to have a better understanding of those things. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's, um, that's probably my personal values i've had some funny conversations recently about growing up in iowa Mm -hmm. and i grew up in a very small town where i was the second brownest person in my class um these were iowegians these are very blonde people and they all looked alike and had known each other for a long time and had the same cultural values which was mostly about the hawkeyes and um, when I moved away, I suddenly realized that being exposed to many, many cultures and many, many faces and many, many ways of living makes you smarter. It stretches you, it grows you, it surprises you, um, it allows you to be the person that you can be. And so I kind of try to do that to everybody. I'm always forcing people to talk to somebody that maybe they don't understand or uh, wouldn't run into in their normal life because I just know that everybody's a little bit happier when wonderful new things are happening to them. And I think Boxes and Arrows should be that way. And that's why we try to resist having too many articles about wireframing or too many articles about, you know, sitemaps, what have you, you know, because um, you need that richness of culture, that richness of point of view, and the richness of topic. But still always around the same thing, which is, you know, the design behind the design. I think when that tagline showed up, and I forget who said it first, I was like, done. That's it. The design behind the design. That's perfect. Well, again, uh, remarkable experiences that you've shared and allowed other people to have online and uh, the ability to connect with other people as well. Mm-hmm. I, again, I think that's the other thing, too. People read articles from other people. They come to conferences, and even if you've written one article, oh, you're, you're so-and-so, and you wrote an article for Box Narrows about this. It's really nice to meet you, and I loved your ideas. And it's a great it's a great conversation starter as well, I find, for people as, as well, especially in the design community where, you know, there are a lot of, they're, they're, not, a, they're not a ton, but there, there are a significant number, I think, of, of introverted personalities who are a little, little unlike you and I, we who tend to sort of don't have a problem coming out and saying, "Hey, how the hell are you?" Um, you know, it's it, it allows for that foray into introducing uh, themselves to other people and starting that conversation, which I think is, I, I think is, is something we still need to focus on some more and getting more voice, more and more voices out there. I, I, I don't think we can ever stop working at trying to find different people to talk to and, and learn from them accordingly. Absolutely, it's, it's easy to get locked into a, in any community in any uh, sector to get locked into following a lot of the same people, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, from my experience mentoring people around the world, I've, I've learned far more, in, in my professional opinion, from the people I've mentored than I feel like I've given to them. Because a lot of the times it's, well, a lot of times it's like, well, here's some ideas, try this path, try that path, you know, and, and talking to them about things. 
but you know in terms of the results they come back with it's just phenomenal like they didn't they didn't learn it from anybody they just sort of the aha moment came to them and uh, again the web scenes light box scenarios allow that uh, that connection and that conversation to keep carrying on so well, you know what really terrifies me is that so few people do don't write about what they're doing like when i walk yeah. through the poster session um i just kept saying will you make this into an article because if you think about it you know, 600 people at the conference, maybe 300 came to the poster session. Mm -hmm. You know, how many of those actually looked at the posters? You know, that is not enough reach. Really important ideas need to get out there in the world. So when somebody says something smart or insightful, when somebody really knows something, like chatting with, again, Eric Bell, his experience is designing in Japan. I was like, oh my God, this is fascinating. How can I talk you into putting in a little bit of effort to get those ideas into the world? Because there's people who are going through exactly what you're going through, and they need to know they're not alone. And to me, that's the most important thing is there's so much intelligence just lying around out there, not getting out, and it drives me nuts. And I just want to find a way to get these folks in front of the people who need to hear them. And that's why I wrote the blog post about why you should speak. I think that there are so many smart people out there who just for whatever reason they've talked themselves into uh, being too shy or talked themselves into feeling that they're not good enough, and they're so wrong. They've got to get out there and they've got to speak, they've got to write, because there's somebody else waiting to hear exactly what they have to say. And that's something I, I absolutely believe in, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's really no more excuse anymore, considering the number of options that are out there for them as well. Right? I know! In, in terms of... Write for Johnny Holland, write for Bucks and Arrows, I don't care, just yeah. write. Yeah. Get out there, practice. Blog first if you shy, and then when you you know, get a rhythm going, get it out to the magazines. And that's the other thing I understand is like, why would you, I know people like to put it on their blogs, they're like, oh, I'm building a personal brand, but let me think about this. You're gonna reach 20 guys, or you know, reach 200 guys, you're gonna reach 2,000 guys. Mm -hmm. You know, do the math, you yeah. know? Well, and, and Box and Arrows, as an example, is a peer-written web magazine. It's, it's brand neutral, right? It's about the idea, and it's reaching so many different people, to your point, right? Yeah. Well, like, you know, great, build your brand, but why not start with these peer-written web magazines? Like, why not start oh, there? Because yeah. you're going to reach a huge audience, and then from there, build your brand. And I think that's, that's what you're saying. Oh, yeah, right. right. You write clarify. for Box and Arrows. Yeah. You link back to your blog. Suddenly, your blog has more traffic. Your ideas have more traffic. I mean, Box and Arrows in particular always ask for the right of first publication, but, you know, two minutes later, you can put it on your blog as well. Sure. Um, and boom, you just got distribution, which is the number one thing that any startup will look for, is you now have a lot of eyeballs paying attention to you. And isn't that your key goal to build your personal brand, is to get your smarts out there in the world in front of people. Right. And then, of course, link back to the blog, link back to your company, and link back to whatever you want. God bless you, you know. But get your ideas out there to as many people as possible. It's right. a very simple formula in my book. Sure. So. so to that end... Wrap, just wrapping this up. Sure. It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for taking time to chat with me. The If people do want to write for Boxes and Arrows, do they, just, they can just go to the website and... and go to the website. Take... I'm personally digging through the ideas pile now. That's why we're getting more articles out all the time is okay. um, I left Singa. I'm on sabbatical and I'm spending a little bit of my time just nurturing BNA up a little bit and trying to get the rhythm back, you know, just get us back out in the world again. Um, there's a couple other things that are important as to that end. Um, really looking for editors, especially, and I was talking to um, a guy named Jackson, and he was kind of pleasantly surprised. He'd go, well, my grammar, blah, blah. I'm like, no, copy editors are nice, but what you really need is a second pair of eyes to read through an article and say, I don't get your point, or I don't think you finished your idea here. So if people feel like 
they could uh, read somebody's article and help make sure that they're expressing themselves clearly. That's called a development editor, and those are really right. valuable. And it's much easier than writing an article if you're too tired to write an article and want to help. The other thing is we're going to be planning a retreat in the fall, and we'll need some help, uh, volunteers to help organize, etc. So if people are interested in, um, I'll get a page up uh, on Boxes and Arrows. You'll be able to go under About, and then it'll say uh, Retreat. And okay. you can get the information there about the upcoming retreat. But... Um, I think just the community is so rich and so wonderful, and if you give to it, it'll give back. And if you don't want to write a whole article editing, just do a little something-something because mm -hmm. it makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Christina Woodkey, Box Narrows, thank you so much for your time. And, and on behalf of the community, thank you for everything uh, oh. that you've given back and to all the editors and contributors exactly. to the blog. And, and, and uh, let's, let's keep these conversations going because yeah. uh, it's, it's so important and, and everybody benefits in the process. So. Everybody benefits. Wonderful. Great. Thanks again, Christina. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to the Box Narrows podcast. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Many thanks to our sponsors, Vitamin Talent and Morgan Kaufman, for their generous support and without whom we could not bring you these shows. To hear and read more from the best in design from around the world, visit boxesnarrows.com and join the conversation. <laughs>